hello 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 if you haven't noticed things have been gradually changing around here for those of us that despise change i apologize in advance but that's why the sharing has been gradual i promise all of the things that are to come are things i've been thinking about for a long time and have been working on and i'm just so excited for i've wanted to switch gears with the podcast and really make it a community and a place for us to hang learn and take those next steps to really focus into the life that i hate to say it but the life that we want the full reveal will be coming soon so follow along on social to be the first to know alfred's also excited do you have any ideas of what the changes could be send me a message with your best guesses as we move into a new month november's focus is on feelings the habits you created to survive will no longer serve you when it's time to thrive. So what survival habits have we built around feeling our feelings? Have burning questions like why are feelings important or where do feelings come from? Send me all of your messages to be featured in upcoming episodes. All right, feelings, you ready to sit down in our emotional investigation chair? Because your time has come. Hi friends, welcome to the Big Kid Pod, where all are welcome. In this safe space, we talk about what scares us, what prepares us, and what makes us great. As big kids, we have learned the hard way that none of us really know what's going on, and we all have our own stories and journeys, and that's why it's always better together. I'm your host and guide, Christina, aka KDC. As a life coach, children's yoga instructor, and mindfulness ninja, I hope to inspire you to dive into your life with more kindness, more courage, and more adventure. You ready? Let's get into it. Have you ever looked up the definition of feelings? Because that is where we're going to start. To really understand how we are met with the survival habit, we got to look at it with a magnifying glass. So when I was looking up the word feelings, another word kept also coming up, which is emotions. And so there's the rabbit hole of what is the difference between emotions and feelings. And so we're going to start there. When looking at the definition of emotion, I learned that it comes from the Latin origins and it literally means energy in motion. Feelings are what we feel in our bodies while emotions we feel in our brains. Emotions move through our bodies. They bring up our bodily reactions through, you know, neurotransmitters and hormones released by our brains. Think about the first time, uh, the first time you saw your best, best friend, IRL, after quarantine. Well, still during quarantine right now, but you know, the first time you saw them in real life after we were all told to stay home. The excitement, that anticipation possibly of seeing them and them being closer than just a screen apart. You may have felt overwhelmed just being out in the world. 
So all of these emotions were activated just in our brain. Our emotions are what alert our brain that we're in danger or we're receiving an award. And those kinds of messages is what our emotions are telling us. So when I look up these words in the dictionary, feelings are an emotional state or reaction. So that tells me that the feeling comes after the emotion. So emotion defined is a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. So knowing that emotion comes before the feeling, that tells me with science that I have more control over my feelings than I knew. So how do our feelings get activated? It's by the experience, the circumstance, the scenario. That's when our brain reacts and then we get to then we get to decide how to feel in response. So really, emotions are just neutral. There isn't a good or bad emotion. They're all, again, just clues. And they're there to help keep us safe. Our body is what is activated first. That's why when I'm teaching kids about noticing their own emotions, it's noticing where we feel it in our bodies first. Anger is a really easy example. Thinking about yourself, when you get angry, what bodily sensations come in? For me, it's a flushed face. Maybe you feel tense in your body. Maybe your hands ball up into fists. And that's the one that I always see in kids. So it's learning that there are safe ways to let that feeling travel through your body. When you feel your hands fist up, What can we do with our hands that's safe for us and those around us? For our kids, it might be playing with putty. It might be screaming. (laughs) That works for us adults too. We might enjoy boxing. A really great ragey song can help anger pass through us. Or, you know, a good cry sesh. Feelings are created by our own experiences. And this reminder can be a gentle guide towards empathy. If you were raised by baby boomers, Gen Zs, they taught us that we don't talk about feelings and the ultimate goal is to be happy all of the time. Those lessons and mindsets were passed down to us. And thinking of those times, it was during world wars, crazy crisis in the world. And of course, their focus would be on survival. But now we get to choose and live for bigger things which is ultimately what they wanted for us in the first place, right? That also means that we may disagree with them, and that's okay too. So what were you taught about your feelings? Was there an importance on experiencing them or just to move on? Or maybe just to shove them down? Or were you taught that we're only allowed to feel in private behind closed doors? Growing up for me, I was always surrounded by feelers. There are always a lot of big feelings in our house. There was a lot of people, so there was a lot of laughter, jubilation, but there was also a lot of hard feelings, but we never talked about those, even now. We just accepted them as a part of our human experience that we all had on our own. I was also taught that feelings were right and wrong. So it can be really confusing as a kid to see adults around you say things are fine, but they are obviously not fine. That 
reinforces that we don't talk about feelings and we don't know what we're talking about. When it comes to talking to our kids about our feelings, it's just helpful to let them know that we feel at all. And just letting them know that we can be disappointed and confused and that we can triumph. They need to see what that looks like. We are those examples for them. When I talk to kids, I try to make a connection with them and let them know that sometimes I'm confused and I'm overwhelmed and I have anxiety. That again shows them that we can and we should say shit out loud. Feelings are neither good or bad. Think of it like a spectrum. Even on your best, best day, can you say that you are actually happy for the whole 24 hours? I really want you to think of your feelings as a spectrum because thinking of 24 hours, we never feel just one feeling the whole day. I bullet journal every month and one of the trackers that I always include is a mood tracker. You can go online and search this up. You'll see so many different creative variations. I was never good at drawing, but I would do different graphs and charts and that kind of stuff. But the one thing that I noticed for myself was that, again, there was never only one feeling over the course of the day. There are over 400 feeling words in our English dictionary. So instead of tracking only one feeling in the day, I would track at three different times. For me, I found it most helpful to track my mood first thing in the morning, right after lunch, and right after dinner. And in my bullet journal, it's also where I keep my schedule and my tasks for the week. So it has been really interesting to go back to these pages and reflect, to see days where my moods are all over the place, or that a calendar item obviously reflects the mood that I experience. It's like when I was first diagnosed with diabetes. My doctor told me that I had to start keeping a food journal. I guess it was actually my nutritionist that told me this, but yes. She said that writing down what I was eating, how I was feeling, and then tracking my sugars, it would be really helpful. And to look at a full day or a week or a month and see how all of these things were connected was just so eye-opening. And it's one of the activities that I use in my coaching as well for all of those that feel stuck and like we can't get off the damn hamster wheel of survival. I really like to track my moods. Back in the day, I was so good at ignoring my feelings. I used to tell people that I wore black and it was my favorite color because it matched the color of my soul, just black. It was because I was always avoiding the feelings because I only ever saw them as a nuisance. I thought that it was too dark and scary to really look at my feelings in the face. I thought that if I opened up myself to feelings, I would finally see that I'm actually unworthy of everything that I have. Have you seen that Friends episode, uh, the one where Chandler can't cry? (laughs) So the group of friends feel like there's something wrong with the character Chandler because he doesn't feel sadness and they try to do all of the things that would make one usually cry, you know, even including watching Bambi. (laughs) And then he finally cries one time and the floodgates are open and he just can't stop. And this is also what I was scared of. And to be honest, uh, yeah, this is totally me now. Floodgates are open. 
commercials make me cry. Watching people I love do things they love always make me cry. I'll cry out of happiness and sadness all in one day. See, emotions can be tricky because when you've only ever cried because of sadness, to cry because of happiness can be super stirring to the soul. I thought I knew me, but the me I knew was the survival me that would shove everything down and ignore it because it felt safer to ignore than to deal. Because we never really talked about the hard stuff, this nourished the survival habit of not fully experiencing a feeling. An important thing to remember is that we aren't here to blame, we are here to understand. We are all humans, even our parents, and that means we make mistakes, and that means it's okay. When it came to move out of the survival habit, I was so scared. Probably what keeps us in survival mode for longer than we want to is that fear. Because it's all we know and we know we can survive and usually that's good enough. But to open myself up and really investigate my feelings, I had to become a student again and to be okay with learning. It came with a lot of patience and grace and forgiveness and I'm glad that I opened those floodgates. One thing that I'm thankful to COVID for is that it puts us all in the same kind of boat that we have all kind of understand what uh, people are going through because we're all experiencing this form of trauma. I'm not asking you to cry all the time and to sit in your anger to just feel more angry. I'm inviting you to notice your emotion come up and then choose the feeling you want to respond with. Remember, emotion then feeling. So if you're feeling anger and overwhelm, normally I'd get scared. I'd want to hide. I wouldn't want to do anything. But knowing this about myself, when I sense that emotion come in, I can interrupt it and change the feeling response. It was this little trick that has changed my life. It's simple, just not easy. So don't get it twisted. (laughs) Going back to the definitions at the top of the show, what creates an emotion? It's our brain sending signals to different parts of our brain that are activated. So what creates feelings? It's how we interpret that experience, that circumstance, that scenario. So what activates our feelings is actually our thoughts. And that was the first thing I had to learn. And it's something I still relearn daily. Our brains will search for memories and for other times we've experienced these feelings and our emotions will connect the dots for you if you don't take control. So I used to become overwhelmed by my to-do list and all of the time that had to go into the things and to get to the place to get to the things and then to go to the other place to get more things and then the kids things and then the house things and the car and then just ugh. When I think about the things I have to do, that overwhelm is activated and it starts stirring in my brain and my body. But maybe this week, when you look at your list, we can look at the things that we get to do. This will interrupt those overwhelming feelings and ultimately it changes the feelings that I get to experience. It changes how I show up in those spaces and it changes how I respond. Feelings aren't facts, friends. They're just clues, so follow them. This week's dare is to become your own student. 
Investigate your own lessons around feelings. Remember, what were you taught about feelings? Where can you give a little bit of forgiveness? Why are feelings important? And why have I not held that importance until now? Friends, I want you to download this month's kit. It's available on the website under the resources tab. This month, as you become a student of yourself, be gracious with yourself and always remember that learning means you'll make mistakes. And those are always welcome with friends. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Big Kid. As you travel through the world this week, remember, kindness drives change. And we're all on a journey. And the best part is that we're not alone. Sign up for the newsletter to get my formula to add more mindfulness into your day. And every month I send out a guidebook that helps you shift from your surviving habits to thriving ones. Join the Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at BigKidPod, where the conversations live on. You can even leave me a good old-fashioned voice message over in the show notes at kdccoaching.com. Sending you so much Filipino-Canadian love. Talk to you soon.